But Grant, today's conversation is a really intriguing mm. one, right? And it was sparked by a tweet that I saw, or rather a post on X, uh, which had commented that the Sibanya Stillwater, well-known gold and platinum mining house, will potentially fall mm. out of the JC Top 40. And it made me wonder, well, have we often evaluated uh, the re-ratings, the uh, uh, company market capitalizations, and the reasons behind this? So maybe let's start with first things mm. first, just getting an understanding of how the Top 40 itself, like many other indices, is actually made up. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think just to just to remind the listeners, you know, the index, the top forty, there's indexes or indices around the world. Every country has a an index in their stock market, and that's designed to measure something. So, in the case of the top forty, that measures the performance of the largest forty stocks in South Africa or on the South African stock exchange, and their performance over time. If you think of the S and P five hundred. That is the U.S. equivalent of the 500 largest company in the U.S. Um, and you have the FTSE 100 in the U.K. That's their equivalent. So it is very normal to have these indices, and it's a way to measure the performance of the most important companies in the in the in a particular economy and the stock market. Sometimes they focus on specific things, such as the financials index or mm-hmm. the resources index. But the top 40 is our market index. So it's the 40 largest stocks in South Africa, and to determine what are the largest and how they, when they decide to include them, there's a series of rules. We have what's called a market cap-based index. So what it means is the market capitalization based on a set of rules around how many shares are an issue and the current price of the company um, determines where it ranks in terms of its size. So they rank these companies. You have the 40, 50, 60 companies that are the largest by ranking, and they review this on a regular basis. So actually every quarter we go through this rebalancing process um, and it's subject to these rules. So companies move in and out is perfectly normal. It happens in all economies and all indices. Um, we even saw, you know, recently in the United States, we saw companies being, more tech companies being moved into the Dow Jones and others being old world industries being moved out. So yeah. it's certainly very normal uh, and it's really a f- reflection often of the changing economic fortunes that are playing out in the economy or a specific company's uh, turn in fortune to the negative or another one's turn to the positive. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's perfectly normal. It happens every quarter in South Africa and it drives, and why does it matter? I think let's, before we just talk about the specific impact on say Sibanya, as, as for your example, sure. if you think about it, these, this benchmark is relevant for managers to be measured against. So an active manager like Benguela, People want to say, well, how are you doing compared to the benchmark? And they use it as a benchmark for their performance. And then you also get the rise of ETFs. The ETFs have become very commonplace for investors, the Satrix 40 uh, and any number of others. And they are tracking these specific indices and they follow them stock for stock and waiting for waiting. And so uh, it really drives a lot of flows in the economy. It drives reference points for active managers and it drives passive flows. So if you're a pension fund investor or you're saving your monthly debit order mm. of a thousand rand or whatever it may be into an ETF, it just goes into these ETFs and they buy all the stocks as measured by those underlying indexes like the top 40. So it is very important as an index. It has a lot of impact in our market. But for the individual stocks, what comes in and goes out doesn't matter quite as much. Uh-huh. Wow. So 
there are mixed fortunes over time. So I've <laughs> I've been around a while, and I remember back in the 2000s when we had the commodity boom. We had the global super cycle, as they called it, and the index was dominated by all the big mining houses. And then, of course, we had the great financial crisis, uh, and all those mining commodity companies went through four or five years of much worse fortunes. And, and during that time, we had Nuspass and Process starting to come to the fore, and a lot of the miners fell out of the index, and in their place came uh, the likes of uh, Nuspass, the, mm. the likes of um, the retailers, the likes of, um, you know, Richmond was, was coming back in. So we had the telco company. So it is a cycle of life in many ways. So in this particular instance, companies' fortunes wax and wane, especially those that are more cyclical, like a Sibanya, the platinum group of metals, has had a really torrid time. The the price of the product they sell has fallen about 40% from its highs. And so as a consequence, the market capitalization of not only Sibanya, but many of the platinum group metals and some yes. of the other commodity miners has fallen significantly. So the exchange, as per their rules, they review the companies and the market cap of some has shrunk. So they go down the list. The market cap and the fortunes of others have, have come up and they move up the list. And then... Mm. At the end of the quarter, they review the list, and those that are that are at uh, sort of rules based, but say number thirty five and thirty six, they will be bought into the index, and those are that are that have fallen down to like forty two and forty three, get pushed out of the index, and they can come back in future if the if the company's performance uh, justifies it, but it's a natural circle of life, and and it's nothing to be concerned about. It really. It, it tells you what's happening fundamentally with a company to some extent, yeah. but it doesn't cause any underlying real difference in the company. So it doesn't, and let's just use Subanya, we continue to use that example. So they fundamentally, their fortunes have, have faded through this PGM, uh, through this commodity sell-off. Uh, and so that's being reflected in the fact that they're falling out of the index. Okay. Fundamentally, some other companies' performance or um, fortunes have improved, so they'll be in line to be included in the index, and and that's how it goes. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's the the long answer. <laughs> we <laughs> love think, it um, because I mean, this does give us some clarity you in take, context. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, and you know, every quarter, the the, the particularly on the JC, there's a um, there's what's called the the closeout where all the futures and options close out, yes. and then. The, re the Friday after that, the, the month end, they rebalance. It doesn't affect your index trackers. It doesn't affect your ETFs because the price is measured, including all this rebalancing and this movement. So if you think about it as a passive investor, uh, it's good in the sense that the companies that are doing poorly fall out of your investment mm. and the companies that are doing better come into the investment. So over time, you get a winner's, uh, a winner's surviving scenario in these indices. And that's how the rules are made. Uh, constructed. Mm. So so it, it does work. Uh, I will say that. And I'm glad that you've explained this so 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 eloquently and, and, and effortlessly because it helps us it helps us put things into context and of course minimize the confusion around um, why this company or why that company and how often it actually happens. What I'm intrigued by because yes. again I'm one of those retail investors who is risk averse and is happy with being yes. at times. Uh, and this typically speaks to uh, exchange traded funds as an investment option. Uh, uh, how yes. do you understand again? You know just how critically one does need to monitor any poten potential rebalances to your portfolio that would take place on a quarterly basis? So to be honest, if you invested in a passive uh, exchange traded fund, mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything. The rules require them 
to track this change and to, to rebalance your fund for you. So your underlying uh, invested instrument, the, the rebalancing is happening mm-hmm. because they're required to track the top 40 or whatever index it is, but it's not, there's no obligation on you. And then typically it's not that much of a negative because the companies that are falling out by the stage they're falling out have already lost a lot of value and it's already in the price of your particular ETF. So there's no new price movement because it falls out to your ETF. That's the benefit of having that basket. And then a new one comes in and the upside is you get a new company coming in that might actually have a better growth prospects and that might drive performance in future. But at the moment of rebalancing, there's nothing for you to be done or for you to be particularly concerned about. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm glad you mentioned that because it does alleviate any of the uh, additional responsibility. So aside from bragging rights uh, about being in or <laughs> out of the top 40, uh, I- I'm assuming then that uh, these are just part of the micro- market cycles that we as retail investors uh, uh, should continue to monitor. Yes, it is really a normal market mechanics. It happens a lot of it behind the scenes. As a long-term pension fund saver or you're saving for your retirement and you're investing, you know, this is part of the ebb and flow of the market. And ultimately, it's the big picture that matters the most. So the collective of the 40 that matters most to you and the fortunes of one or two stocks every every to don't drive your long-term returns. So nothing for you to be concerned about. It's interesting, mm. uh, specifically if you're a DIY investor that holds individual companies and your own portfolio that you're managing. It's more relevant. Um, it does it does maybe warrant some looking at. But as a passive investor, that's exactly the point of being passive is you don't have to worry too much. True. Uh, that takes me then to your job as a senior portfolio manager and your history as a chief investment officer. You literally go into the numbers and look at the P.E. ratios, the dividend yields, what we're seeing in terms of the technicalities yes. of the chart. chart, chart. Uh, and I'm assuming, Grant, does this, uh, I guess, uh, change anything in, in your investment view, especially um, when it comes to specific sectors like resources, given where commodity prices are, the logistical challenges we see in South Africa? Does, does this change your outlook on, on where opportunities might lie in the market for this year? You know, sometimes it provides opportunity. So you, you get a lot of shorter term money that tries to capitalize on opportunities like this. So you might find because there are a lot of index trackers, they might sell. There might be a lot of selling in Sibanya as people exit like your, your tracker fund will exit Sibanya and buy the other company. And so sometimes a company gets sold off on this kind of news or gets bought up on the news, that might present an opportunity if I like the company where suddenly value is there because of the short-term flow of money. Generally speaking, though, we're looking at the longer-term fundamentals. In in that case, the fact that it's in or out of the index won't change our view on the company, but it might present a different price point where the actual numbers make sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it, it is relevant in some respects, but again, we don't... We don't track it that closely in terms of our decision-making. 100%. Grant, such a pleasure speaking to you. Looking forward to touching base with you again in future just to evaluate the investment dynamics. Thanks again for your time this evening. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.